0: An 8 bit Rocket Studios production. We were children of the Silicon Revolution, an X generation conscripted to fight the console and home computer wars. A product of an analog 70s childhood, we came of digital age in the 80s, believing we could affect the world 8 bits at a time. Armed with joysticks, full-stroke keyboards, jolt cola, and MTV haircuts, we proceeded into the vertical blank. There, we stayed up late at night, devising incantations from D&D rulebooks and beginner's all-purpose symbolic instruction code. Video games were the match, and programming was suffused, as the infinite possibilities of the the digital world exploded into the internet age to come. We are Generation Atari.
1: This is 8 Bit Jeff. welcome to Into the Vertical Blank, Generation Atari, Season 3, Episode 5, Monthly News and Notes for Those Who Grew Up Atari, or Atari News and Homebrew Update for Q1 of 2020, Apocalypse Edition. In this episode, we cover news from the official Atari, as well as other hardware projects that have sparked our interest. We also attempt to cover homebrew games for all of the Atari systems, including the 2600, 5200, 7800, Atari 8-bit computers, Atari ST, Atari Lynx, and Atari Jaguar. Now, on with the show.
2: Into the vertical
1: blank. Hey, Jeff, how's your uh, quarantine going? Quarantine's going okay. Nobody yet is sick, which is good. How about you? Same. Same. I'm I'm getting tired of sitting in my chair and doing work, but, um, you know... Uh,
0: set aside in my bedroom Um, what do you think so far this is our fifth episode of season two we've been going weekly because we ironically have time to make podcasts and no one has time to
1: listen to them yeah that's
0: nobody listens to podcasts right now because no one's commuting
1: anywhere yeah that's the ironic part so we are going weekly w-e-e-k-l-y but we're not going weekly w-e-a-k-l-y i think we're doing pretty good (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think, I
0: think it, you know, maybe this episode will, do, will be W-E-A-K-L-Y. Well, we decided
1: that at the beginning of the year that we would insert a news episode about everything Atari, all systems, and we are going to do that. So I don't think it's yeah. that. So in between, right? A news episode. Yeah, and then we're going to announce what the next episode is going to be after
0: that. And, and then I think we even have a, a couple story episodes coming up, so we got a lot of stuff to do. We do. I think we're settling in on kind of what the podcast is. I mean, it's taken a long time for us to figure it out.
1: So how did you like the final conclusions we came to on our Atari's Biggest Mistake episodes?
0: First, I thought that in the first one, we kind of came to the conclusion that Atari's marketing didn't know how to handle the new burgeoning fan press. I think that's true. That is 100% correct. They didn't know what to do. I don't think anyone knew how to market vid- video games at the time anyway, so it was really hard. And you can see that by most of the Atari commercials that came out at the time, which is terrible.
1: The magazines, which I think were mostly attempting to promote the hobby at the beginning, then decided to be critical of things they didn't like in the hobby, and that is what they should have been doing. But that didn't necessarily help Atari. What Atari needed was fanboys at the time because their games that coming out were not as good as they were before. Right, right. What I've seen in the next set of research that I'm doing uh, and you're doing for our next series that we're gonna do that's kind of like that is finding lots and lots of the computer magazines in the US and the UK, there are lots of commentaries and editorials about what Atari should have been doing. There's some great stuff.
0: Oh, I'm sure everyone had opinions at the time and everyone has opinions now. And I think it's interesting. We'll continue that uh, series of stuff, which I'm really excited about. Now, Um, though, what we haven't done is get into much programming stuff, which we said we do, but we... we will.
1: We will, because there's a whole second half of this year after quarantine, or maybe three or four months where we're gonna start programming. But right now, I wanted to do more of some history stuff that really has not been covered on podcasts before. I think some of the podcasts cover some of it, but not really in detail. I think yeah, I do want to too. do some detail.
0: Oh, I want to say, before we get into the next part, I want to say thanks to Daryl Litz, who's a dedicated listener to the podcast, who has come to our rescue to fix our promo design.
1: He's fixing our um, graphics.
0: Yeah, fixing some of our graphics us. It's really nice of him, too. And, we may even
1: employ him to fix our logo. We're not a money-making operation, unfortunately, but we will pay our bills. Yeah, we'll so, pay the So definitely, if he creates something, we will pay him for it, and that's fantastic. Yep. So what do you think? Uh, the
0: news. I, I, I came up with some news about the Atari SA, I call them, whatever they
1: are. The, Why the don't you Atari. go through, though? I, I like them. So the new Atari, you have some news, and I think coming sure. coming up in... There's a very candid interview with Kurt Vandell where he has had some dealings with some people that work with the new Atari in his past. And it's very telling of some of the things that are in your news. So why don't you go through this news and I'll go through the homebrew stuff that I found.
0: Sure. Okay. So uh, first off, Atari has released a new mobile game, Missile Command Recharged. I played it. I downloaded it. It's actually a nice little free-to-play game. The graphics are kind of vectory rasters made into vectors on a mobile device. It looks like an Atari game from the late 70s or early 80s, which is neat. It has the feel to it. It doesn't feel like they like took Missile Command and had to like jazz it up for 2020. It has a nice retro feel, and there's a reason for that. The guy or guys, but I think it's one person who made it from Nicker Vision, he is the same guy who made Bit Blaster XL on the PC and a few other um, cool little retro light games for Steam. So it's really nice. I looked at his stuff and what he's doing is what we would have been doing if we continued 8-Bit Rocket Studios into the 2020s.
1: If we had kept yeah. on making games, right? And, okay. yeah. and that's called Missile Command Recharged? Yes. Okay, that's cool. I heard about the Pong game. What do you
0: know about the Pong game? So they announced a new game called Pong Quest. I watched the video, it was very interesting to me. Pong Quest is by a different studio. It's an RPG of sorts, although so it's hard to tell how much of an RPG it really is. The graphics are cute and retro, with a little sort of upgraded. When I looked at the response of people on the internet, like your regular news sites, they're like, why is Atari doing, upgrading this to Pong? Actually, I think a Pong RPG is not a bad idea. I think it's kind of cool. A
1: Pong RPG sounds fun,
0: by the way. Yeah, it does. Here's the thing. Back in 2012, we entered the Pong Developer Challenge. This is 2012, and we made a game for it. We actually made it through a couple rounds. We designed a game called Pong Returns, and we made a demo for it. Pong Returns was like a single-player Pong where you would kind of travel through the history of Atari 70s coin ops. Right. and play through them. And one of the things I noticed in Pong Quest was a very similar level where you were fighting a centipede. I made a level where you were fighting <laughs> asteroids. So I'm not saying that they copied it. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying it's very similar. I'm saying it's a yeah. good
1: idea. That's why. I
0: think it's gratifying to see that that someone's doing it, and but also, by the way, it's gratifying to see that Atari thought it was a good idea. Because to be honest, they owned all the ideas we submitted to that contest, so mm-hmm. there's not really, it doesn't really matter. I think that people who were saying that it was not a great idea, I mean, it's, I think it's cool. What else would you do? I think it's actually a neat idea for Pong. I, I don't agree that it's not a good idea. So anyway, it's built in ActionScript 3 and Flash and uh, distributed in Adobe Air and it had a lot of performance issues back then. But that's when we were kind of transitioning from our Flash work into other work. It was the easiest way for me to make a demo of this thing that I had to do in like
1: two weeks or something. So, There are some great HTML5 kits out there now where you could, you could build that. Um, I'm just not interested in finishing it. Atari I, I owns it
0: anyway, or which version of Atari owns it? Yeah, no, that, the same version. Okay. There's a video I have out there of it, of how it worked. And it's, it's really kind of very steeped in seventies Atari and it could have used Daryl Litt's graphic design help to be for <laughs> uh, Let's but show I, note
1: that, show I'll note show that note. video. Right. Well, actually it um, should be up on, can we put it up on, on the into the vertical blank? Um,
2: yeah.
0: For, yeah, we should, oh, I skipped no, no, that video and I'll put it up. It's the last chapter in the, I wanted to work for Atari podcast that we still needed to do
2: because we, a-
0: we did work for Atari. I'm, do, I'm hand quoting hand right now for about six weeks for nothing uh, for no money. But apparently that's how it works now because the new news about the Atari VCS is that Rob Wyatt, the guy that Atari hired to do the hardware is suing them for about $260,000 that he didn't get paid for designing the Atari VCS. And we've also heard some information from Kurt about not getting paid as well. I think that's a, that's a general running consensus is that there's a possibility that, and I don't know if this is true or not, this is just the rumors, that the new Atari doesn't always pay its
1: bills. Everything you said is correct, except for the interview we have with Kurt, he did not get paid by somebody, that somebody works or, or is in the ownership group for Atari now, but the Kurt's work was not for Atari. Oh, okay. Okay. was on well, something else fine. but it's but in rob the same wyatt, realm it's the same realm rob, and there was some great discussion about that coming up and uh,
0: but rob wyatt actually did work for the new atari and did not get paid so that um, might be an interview it, it's uh yeah exactly also uh, the new atari launched their new casino which is a cryptocurrency casino and the less we say about that the better so a couple more things in television amico i think they're doing a new pre-order I think they have about 13,000 pre orders already for that thing. Wow. That's a pretty good deal. And I also read in one of the um, stories that Tommy was quoted in, Tommy Tellerico said that they had 100,000 retail orders for the Intellivision Amico or Amico, I don't know how you say it, which in my line of business, I know is a pretty good amount. You know, for a product like this, 100,000 is nothing to sneeze at. That is a, that's a good amount. It's not like amazing, but it's great, especially with the type of quantities that people actually order these days of higher priced electronic products. So I'm pretty impressed by that. I, I do see people on like Nintendo, people getting upset. I saw them like, well i saw some comments about the videos oh you know this is so no actually it looks good that nintendo people are worried that are like this is there's not a switch killer no it's not don't worry about that that's not where you are but it does look good the games look good i hope it not does what intent
1: is to be a switch killer and there's room I'm... for multiple consoles
0: there are especially with sony and microsoft kind of floundering right now with their new consoles like they're very expensive. Uh, apparently the new Xbox is super expensive and the new PS5 has some technical issues that might need to be worked out. So, you know, there, there may be no new consoles this Christmas. And that means the Amico might be the only console that comes out, which (laughs) could give it some space to do really well for a season, kind of like the Jaguar did back in like 93, where it had a chance because um, no one
1: else did anything. I could see that any good any like the Turbo sixteen sixteen when it comes out, the TG sixteen. Mini? Mini, any but that good mini has been
0: pushed mini? back to December, just so you know.
1: I was <laughs> saying, well, any good mini or any decent console that comes out might have a real good fighting chance this Christmas to make a lot of money. So I was going to say, Paul Nurman, the guy from what is, yeah, Paul. He he works on on the Miko as well. He does right. some work for those guys from the Intellivisionaries podcast. Also went to El Segundo High, uh-huh. um, and was uh, friends with with Anna Day and Kaylee Powers and all those people I knew from. Uh, oh, that's cool. So what about Evercade, which I did hear about, sounded really interesting. I know you've been so, doing research on that.
0: I just did a little bit. I mean, my, I have a friend named Jason who's been texting me about it constantly. Evercade is a new handheld system that is official. It's pretty cheap. I think it's like 79 bucks though, with just the system. Then it comes with the game. The cartridges are all filled with retro collections. They have about 12 games a piece. There's a $99 pre-order on Amazon where you get Data East Volume 1, Atari Volume 1, and Interplay Volume 1. Lots of different games on there. Some for the Genesis, some for the Atari. There's a couple 7,800 games on the Atari volumes. And also they have a Lynx one too. There's also two uh, Namco museums, but for some reason, neither one has Bosconian on it. And I'm getting to the point where you and I are going to need to do another investigative Episode about where the hell is Bosconian? Because it does not exist anywhere.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it does exist on the PS the PlayStation one, right? Because I have, yeah, yeah, I mean now. Now it's been off those collections and it is for exists, about fifteen years now and I don't understand. It exists on the Atari eight bit and it exists on the Atari twenty six hundred under another name. But yes, where is the official arcade? Where's design? the official one? So tell me about your homebrew news Jeff. Okay, well, uh, there's a lot of good homebrew websites and things out there, but the best obvious best one for mostly for Atari 2600 homebrews is zero page homebrew. They have a webcast they do a couple times a week and things like that. They started to post on Atari Age some updated lists for 2020 of all the completed and work-in-progress homebrews. Now, Anybody who wants to see the entire list can go there. I just wanted to highlight some of them for the systems, and then I've also gone and researched elsewhere for all the other Atari systems. So we're, we're gonna have homebrew news from the Atari 2600, 7800, 5200, and 8-bit. They kind of combine those together because they, you can the people making them can sometimes swap between the two systems. Also the, the Lynx, the ST, and the Jaguar. So all the Atari systems. Hey, so I just want to say I, I you you
0: pointed me towards Zero Page Homebrew, which I was uh, aware of but didn't really watch any of until today. And wow, those guys are good. Yeah, um, I love it. So I just want to really? say there that's kind of my one of my new content obsessions. We'll be diving back into some of the stuff that they've done in the past. So.
1: They do uh, a couple different games a week. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff. Let's start out in the 2600 section about a completed and in progress games and i'll highlight a couple of them one of them i went and actually saw their video it looks great it's called one one v one pro tennis 16k game by and i'm going to say i think it's the name of the person there on by at ea smith now uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to take a look at that it's a f- cool looking sort of first person tennis game not 100 first person but you're looking at it from first person. It's a little bit like Activision with better, Activision Tennis, but with better graphics. It looks pretty good. That you can play against the computer and against another person. Lots of other games, the ones that caught my eye was something called Beer Pong. I liked it by the same person. I'd like to take a look at that. And then in the games that are coming, there's one called, and it's a work in progress. It's called Save, and I wanna see it's Gaia, G-A-I-A, by CY Mage. is a 64K game for the 2600. It is a really cool looking action RPG for the 2600. So there's, we'll put a YouTube link into that also. There's a game called Street Rod, which is a, like a street racing arcade simulation where you, you like have a career. The, the view is a little bit like pole position, but you have like a career mode, and the whole thing is a career mode, and that's a um, Street Rod 2600, a 32k game by At 2600. That's a good at. That's cool. And, and that one is one that sounds pretty good. Now, the probably the cream of the crop though is Zookeeper by Champ Games. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is basically an exact, exactly the arcade game. Probably gonna have to change the name also, uh, like they did with Galagon i Gal- Galagon, but it is an incredible looking VCS game. It's currently, I got a video to show up there. It looks pretty good. looks really, really nice. So, um, and I, I, that's one that I will purchase for for certain. Awesome. So Atari 7800. So right now they don't have any completed ones that have completed in 2020 yet, but there are quite a number of work in progress ones. And since there's, since there's only like seven or eight, but there's still quite a number. I will list them all off. There's something called Dragon's Cash, something called Dragon's Descent. Those are by the same person that's at R-E-V-O-N-T-U-L-I. I'm I'm terrible at these. Something called Lady Lady, another Pac-Man collection that's been XM enhanced. There is a demo of someone who's working on Wolfenstein 3D, which just looks fantastic. I heard that. Did you? I've not seen I've heard that it looks really great. I haven't seen it. That's something to look out for. I
0: don't understand how they would do the scaled bitmaps on the 1700. Mm. They use multiple, multiple bitmaps to do it.
1: And a lot of memory. You'd have
0: to have a lot of card memory. memory. Have
1: to look and find out. But, i'd love
0: to see it, see what a video looks like of that i know a lynx could probably do it pretty easily because they had scale hardware scaling built in
1: exactly um, exactly i saw some demos where people were doing some scaling with 2600 um, sprites so maybe there was they did the same style of thing with 700. although the maria chip of course is totally different so we'll see so the game highlighted 700 game work in progress is the dragon's descent one you are a dragon oh that's going, the 1700 game i i saw i watched the video it is fantastic it looks as nes level graphics and sounds yeah, it. great it's great so that one is one to look for so on the seven hundred so there's some good stuff coming this year a million atari 8-bit and 5200 homebrews because they're basically taking all the games that have been created between all of the different contests and things like that i'm going to highlight one of them it's uh-huh. the, for the atari 8-bit called lord of orb it is a scrolling actually an adventure game. I'll put the uh, the link up there, the YouTube link. I'll also try to put a link up to download it too. There's, it's a very cool looking game. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that people are working on. One that looks really neat, that's a work in progress right now, is Adventure 2 XE which replaces the dot with a real person, and it looks really good right now, oh, but it's cool. a work in progress. Right now, the- now, wasn't there an Adventure 2 for the 5200? And for the 2600. So this is the 5200 one improved with, because you can have 64, because remember the 5200 really only has 16K of RAM. So right. with, the, with the XC, you can have 64K of RAM at mm-hmm. once, addressable, more so actually they can they, they have a sprite it's a single color sprite right now but i think they're going to be multi-colored sprite that you're going to move around it's going to be really cool looking so you're no longer a dot and we'll put up a link to the video on that and the information i can find the other one is a, an atari 8-bit version hopefully a 5200 also of phoenix which finally is being done by somebody and so i'm waiting for that i have a video to show of that one right now the video up there is just the title screen so they haven't made the game yet. But I think it would be great to uh, for that game to be finished. Also, there's been a lot of videos of this, and I've even posted a bunch of times. There is a Prince of Persia that's just been really finally completed or getting really near completion for the Atari 8-bit. It looks outstanding, sounds outstanding. Of course, it's Prince of Persia, so it's going to be really difficult to play because Prince of Persia just... Right. But it's what should have come out. It definitely should have come out. The guys behind... Um, like Miker and Jose Pereira and Yaron Nier, who have done many other great conversions for the Atari. Bit, are making Wonder Boy right now, and it looks fantastic. Scrolling adventure game, the original Wonder Boy from, I think it was on the um, Sega Master System, but I also think we may have had a version on the ST. It looks great, though. It's a scrolling game. It's one of the, it will probably be the new best conversion on the 8 bit when they're done. So I'm looking at something down here on your list that's intriguing me. What's that? These new SD cards for the Oh, we're getting there. Um, For the links, you want to go? Yeah, there's three new SD cards for the links. Wow. And there was one game in the middle of there, a puzzle game called Fortitude, which looks a little bit like 3D tic-tac-toe, but it's got like really great music and sounds and graphics. But it looks really nice. And so I haven't been able to play it yet, but it looks good. But I think the SD cards are really a boon for Lynx players. It kind
0: of makes me want to go get a Lynx before they start the prices start going up on eBay for them.
1: Yeah, I know where there is one, but I think the shop is closed. Well, I know where there is one. It's in your closet, but the um, but we
0: need to get the screen fixed. I yeah, think it's... there are screen fixes out there that we can get for it.
1: I can look for that and find out. Atari Lynx stuff I found on... Uh, AtariGamer.com. So I want to shout out to AtariGamer.com for having some good links, news for the Jaguar. I was able to find something, some stuff on the Atari Age forums. There is a uh, game coming out called Last Strike, which is just an incredible looking action adventure shooting game for the Jaguar. It looks like it should, could have been on the, I don't know, a, a Genesis or. I, maybe even better. I mean, it should have been better than a Genesis game, but it looks fantastic. That's coming out, and also um, Magic Land Dizzy, one of the Dizzy games, looks really, really cool. Those are on Atari Age forums right now, um, and I have uh, some videos that I can post for those. Uh, there aren't a huge number of, of homebrew Jaguar games, but that is uh, one of them that looks really, really good. Also, the STTT and Falcon. Now, these are hard to find a lot of information about these. Best place to look is on Atari Crip or Atari Legend. On Atari Legend, I was able to find a new game called Sardonic, and it is actually a Spectrum game made for the STE. They did the scrolling with STE scrolling and the uh, objects with it. It looks a lot like Pluto's. plays a little like Pluto. even has the same sounds. That eight-bit chip who does all the adaptions for the hard drives—he just takes the games and readapts the original discs. So takes away the copy protection, but and doesn't usually use cracked ones. He has a new Fantasy Two and Fantasy Three that I'm really excited about. And then there's a new text adventure out there from that Atari Legend has called The Curse of Ravenstein. Oh, so, cool! Those all look really good. We'll put videos up of the new home brews, which. I'm excited for all the systems and homebrews. And this is great to have news for all of the Atari systems. So um, I was going to
0: say that another site you can go to, if you want some news, that's a a lot of news about the current Atari, atariedge.com does a good job of, of gathering the current Atari news, the Atari Edge. So pro
2: pro
1: Brew to us is going to be somebody who originally released a game on one of the systems as a commercial and then now is making games again as a homebrew, but selling them. So it's a pro-brew in essence. They were a pro back then, and now they're doing a new game that's commercial in some way.
0: I mean, and there's some other ones that might even fit in there where people call homebrew now, but they're not. They're, that, you know, like, like you said, like Champ.
1: I, I would know. say Champ games are mostly all pro-brew. I mean, if you take what they're doing and, and how well they're doing, I mean, those games are just incredible. But yeah, uh, the guys
0: who made Ricky and Vicky, I think, is another good example of something that could be considered in that, that level. So
1: So on our last episode, our interview with Dan Kitchen, he talked about his game Gold Rush and he's going to have a, an achievement patch for it, which is achievement patch for it. That's like the Activision patches, and that's the Golden Spike Club. I did notice some other games on Atari Age that were there was a bicycle racing game. For the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, called Tired Tracks T Y R E, and with that game, you can join the Muddy Vision Track Masters. <laughs> so, um, what is that for the Twenty Six okay. We have some upcoming episodes, Steve. So the first one I'm going to mention is our two-part interview with Kurt Vendel. He dives into his experience working with some of the people that are currently working for Atari, and into what's in store and his development process for the xm 700 module that is finally being released and then more are on the way. And so we have a long discussion about that. The second part of that is extended thoughts on our last episode, I wanna get into the XM first it might be more interesting to some people and then we have a long discussion about what happened to Atari that will fit into fit into the second set and Um, then
0: I've got a story coming up too that I finished it's just we trying to figure out where to slot it in so
1: what's that story about Steve do you want to talk about it? that
0: story is related to candy it's about the first time we saw an Atari 400-800 400-800 computer, and the fact that we wanted to play all the games for it. And when I was, when I, this is an old story I wrote, I don't know, 10 years ago. But When I was looking at it and updating it, and I actually borrowed a little bit of it for the Christmas episode story, but this is a more slice-of-life version. What I remembered from that was just the fact that all the games that were for the 400-800 struck me. And as we were talking about candy, I'm like, oh yeah, 1981, we were looking for Atari VCS games. But we go to the computer store and we see all these amazing games for this higher level platform. And it's the exact same thing. It's like if they had been on a video game console, Atari would have won, but they weren't. And so it's kind of fits into the same theme, which somewhat developed this season, even though we didn't mean to do it.
1: I've been uh, doing a little bit of research and this maybe will show up in that episode, but it may also just be like a one-off, something we talk about for multiple Atari systems. And what I've been doing on, I use an Atari Mania as my main source, is going through first for the Atari 8-bit and then the ST, going through the number of games that are in the database for each year. And then mount that were actually commercial games because they list which ones are commercial. And the percentage that were commercial games as it goes up and then trails off. It's a very interesting Oh yeah, I think
0: that's that would be that would be a good that could be an interesting discussion and and go
1: through like a game for each year. What were the most what the what the probably the better game was for each one, or some of them. But I have a thing here where you know the Atari Atari Eight Bits lifetime with people making games for them, even people who make ones that are listed as commercial was over twenty about twenty one years or more. Wow. The STs trailed off at about maybe thirteen because. There was only one continent really making games for it. After a while, there were very few on the on the here in the in these states. So after about 1991, you start trailing off, and it's kind of sad. But then also, we'll go through that and sort of pick out some games and cover the computers a little bit more. So it's really interesting to see the 2600 numbers on that too. Those yeah, are the That sounds. That the only sounds systems cool. that I really mean, have enough super to super
0: nerdy. I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah, it's super nerdy. Okay, so there's a guy. His name is Corden Blue. On in in <laughs> disgust, but he left some feedback saying he discovered our podcast through Dan Kitchen's site when we put up the interview, which is good. That got a, hey, we got a new listener from from it, which is yeah. nice. He found an Easter egg in Fathom, the VCS game, and he sent a Polaroid to Electronic Games magazine. And right as he sent it, he got a note in the mail saying that his subscription was canceled. And changed to what was like video review. Or oh, something. I remember that. It was because of video game crash, and I was like, "That's a perfect example of something that lives in the vertical blank." Like, <laughs> because you know, he's part of a community, but what he thinks is that's developed by Electronic Games Magazine, and, and maybe Electronic Fun and some of the others, but I, I, I don't really count Electronic Fun because I, I looked at that and I noticed that a lot of the people who worked for Electronic Fun didn't really like video games at all. And Electronic Games, I mean, it was started by guys who were enthusiasts, so that's the di- difference between the two. But and, anyway, I, I digress. He's part of a community, he's like, I'm gonna send a picture, I'm be part of this thing, and it all just disappears. And that doesn't exist for the NES. For the NES, that community still lives on today, right? The people could still had a place to talk and discuss things. And they had their, their magazine, the Nintendo, Nintendo magazine. And,
1: um, It never and, ended. It never true. ended. Because and, he, now he could send that picture to Atari agent. There could be a threat about it. Right. But well, even- he, did, he even said he found, he found, a, you know, people in online in
0: 2000, but like, but for Atari fans vertical blank exists in a space where everything disappeared and to get back to it it's sort of a ramshackle collection of people who sort of crawl back you know from out of their depths of wherever nostalgia to find a place where they can talk and discuss it but it's not a community that lasted like an nes or a nintendo community that has never gone away and i think that's just the epitome of the vertical blank and why there's such a space Space that we, you know, think about and talk about is this, that space where things just disappeared.
1: If you were a, an original 2600 owner from like when we did, had one like before 81 and and then, and then everything went away in the video game crash of 1983 and four and August, and then you never picked up a console again. This we're talking about the majority of people that tried 2600 were like this, right? They never picked up a console again, moved on to something else. And then you started being nostalgic for it in 2000 and starting to find these things like Atari age and other places and Dave's video game classics back then. That's a 17 year absence, right? And then, yeah. and then if you picked up a, a Atari 800 and then it died and you didn't go to anything else, or you picked up a Commodore 64 and your parents had it and you, when you left for college, you never saw it again. Each one of those instances, everything went away for those people because these companies left, they were gone, so so yeah, there are places for almost everybody. But Nintendo's the one that started and kept going, and, and Sega did that too. But they're the only two that would have any continuing all the way up to today, and then Sega went away also for those, yeah, you know, in 2002, and so that kind of died off too, you know. So, anyway, I understand that's pretty cool,
0: yeah. So, I like that. So, um yeah, I mean that's 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 Atari news. We're continuing to make podcasts and continue going and see how see how this goes for the foreseeable future. So, I'm pretty excited.
1: Have you made any retro purchases lately, Steve? Let's talk about that instead of watching, playing, reading. Anything anything game related that you can recall? I have two. Uh,
0: well, I I pre-ordered one of those Evercades this morning. There you go. I may. Cancel it and pre-order in Amico instead.
1: I haven't I, decided. Anything else? Anything else? not really. No. I have not been making a huge, but I did get in the mail. This is before when I went to eBay. All the prices have shot up. I mean, just in a week they've shot up. I know. Okay. But just because everyone's at home and they want to make their collection turn the collection into like money-making business, which isn't going to work. I was able to get Dave's Midnight Magic sealed. I did open it though to take a look at it for the XE for about twenty-nine bucks. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Then I purchased off of eBay. Atari Age has a store where you get your stuff much faster than if you go uh-huh. Atari Age. And I ordered Froggy for the 7800. Eight Hundred. Has not arrived yet. It's supposed to arrive today. And it might since it's sunny out. It may actually arrive. I, um, but post office, please, you can not deliver my Atari stuff if you need to deliver food to someone or
0: masks. Deliver food and medicine and, and masks mask first. first.
1: But um, I, so that's coming. So I'm excited to play Froggy, which is a Frogger clone, um, and it's supposed to be really good. I think they it's one of those other ones where they just stuffed in everything they could possibly stuff in to a 700 cartridge. So it's exciting to uh, to get to play that. Other than that, you know, I, not a lot of others. I've I've been playing some games, and I I. I just haven't had time. I haven't really had time to.
0: I, I plan to play the 2600 version of pole position so I oh. can submit something yes. to uh, it's actually, game it's actually a, game. a
1: card I want to drop in and play. So um, that's a good idea.
0: So anyway, this is good news. I, I don't think we can do this news every week. I think we, we can only do it once, once a month or so. because
1: well, monthly, <laughs> monthly or whenever we have a break in the schedule, we will do news because there's not, and we will go back and find out we don't want to repeat ourselves. So nah. um, I just want to make sure that we cover all of the Atari consoles to make sure that everybody um, has a say. Sure. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason to listen. And um, okay, including the new stuff so that's good okay until next week we next week we're gonna start a two-part episode with kurt vendell who is atarimuseum.com and he is uh, to us he is mr atari so yep. yeah. okay all right until next time into the vertical blank into the vertical blank hi this is 8-bit jeff again thanks for listening to into the vertical blank generation atari season three episode five Atari Monthly News and Notes for those who grew up Atari, or Atari News and Homebrew Update for Q1 2020 Apocalypse Edition. We recorded this less than a week ago, but Homebrew releases ebb and flow and there have already been some announcements since we recorded. Please check the Atari Age Forums, Zero Page Homebrew, Atari Legend, Atari Crypt, as well as AtariGamer.com for the latest news. Until next time. into the black.
0: Next frame
2: calculated. Prepare to write new data. V blank ending. An 8 bit Rocket Studios production.